Thank you for taking time to listen to this Redemption Church sermon. Redemption Church exists to make authentic disciples who live for the glory of God and the good of our world. We want to help everyday people wake up to a deep, meaningful life in Christ. We pray this sermon will help. For more information about Redemption Church and for additional resources, please visit redemptionokc.com. We are in the book of Proverbs. If you got your Bibles, you can go to Proverbs chapter 2. Today is actually going to be a little bit different, but we are going to start off in chapter 2 of Proverbs. And we're in this series called The Way of the Wise, and really seeking ancient wisdom for real-time decisions that we make in the kind of everyday stuff of life. And I want you to know, just as um, as we dive in today, many of you are maybe new to the Christian faith, or maybe you grew up in churches that didn't teach you how to study the Bible for yourself. And um, we as a church, though, are committed to to help you grow spiritually. And one of the ways we want to do that is we want to teach you how to get into the Word of God for yourself. And we feel like churches are healthiest and when everyday people learn about how to use God's Word and how that shapes our lives, how that shapes our character, how that shapes our perspective, how that shapes our purpose in life. And so we want to be uh, about that business. And uh, to be honest, uh, churches are healthiest when they're not dependent upon a preacher and when they're not focused on a stage, but when we equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and the people of the church are hungry for God's word. So let me read in chapter Proverbs chapter 2, just kind of as we start um, here. Proverbs chapter 2 says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, Making your ear, I'm sorry, yeah, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. You notice what it says in verse 6, the Lord gives wisdom. God loves to give his wisdom away to you all. Uh, That's a fact. We know that to be true. But I think it raises a, a logical question. Why do so many people seem to have so little of God's wisdom? Right? And the, the key is there in verse 1, there's a tiny little word, do you recognize it, that, that tells you why some people don't. It says, if, and it's a condition. There's an if-then clause. So in verse 1, there's an if. In verse 5, there's a then. And in verse 1 tells you the condition, and then gives you four verses. Or verses 1 to 4 tell you what it is that, that you're called to do. And then verse 5 gives you the results or the promise that comes if you follow through on the conditions. You notice that each one of those are active verbs though. Look at just the the rapid fire of verses one to four. It says, if you receive my words, treasure up my commandments, make your ear attentive, inclining your heart and leaning in inwardly to listen. Call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding. When do you call out or raise your voice? When you're determined for someone to hear you, right? This week I was walking downtown and as I did, I heard this voice, dad, 
And I immediately looked up. Chris Clark goes, isn't it funny how you know your kids' voices? But my, my son and daughter were on the other side of downtown across Broadway, and I was walking down the street, and Kate saw me and screamed, Dad, and instantly my head snapped up, and I began to look for my kid because she called out. She was determined to get my attention. Are we determined to get God's attention, to get understanding? To seek for it like silver, search for it like hidden treasures. Do you run after God and his wisdom like a pirate searches for treasure? See, wisdom begins with a hungry heart for God and his ways. It comes from over time as we pursue God, as we engage in active pursuit of wisdom, that God produces that in our lives. And the Lord gives wisdom, say it another way, the Lord gives wisdom according to our appetite and our hunger for his instruction. Now, here's what I know. It can be hard to figure out what that looks like on a day-to-day level. Um, And so I've got a group of guys that are going to come up and join me on stage, and we're going to just have a panel discussion. I want you to hear from this group of guys. These guys come, uh, are part of our men's ministry Bible study on our men's group on uh, Wednesday mornings, and uh, they've been studying the book of Proverbs over the last 12 months, and so they've been hungry for God's word and pouring themselves in, and I'm going to be leading a conversation with these guys about how God's word shapes our lives, especially as we study it together. Now, let's be honest. Um, most of us tend to think pastors are sort of have to do this stuff because we're sort of professional Christians and we get paid to, to care about this stuff and paid to dive into this stuff. So I want you to hear from some guys that aren't paid by a church, but are everyday guys learning to walk with the Lord, learning to pour themselves into God's word. And, and we're going to learn from these guys just a little bit today because God's been doing some really good stuff in their life. So, um, men, take a moment and just introduce yourselves and um, kind of walk down the line here and, and introduce yourselves to everyone. Uh, my name is John Beecher, and um, lived here for 17 years now, and have a small business by UCO, and we have a small group that meets on Sunday nights if you're looking for one. Wife and kids? <laughs> yes, I got three three small kids and a beautiful wife sitting right over. Just I'm looking out for you, Father. <laughs> making sure, making sure, making sure you cover all the bases here. I want you to get in trouble just because we brought you on stage today. I'm Mike Kelly, and my wife is Deborah Kelly. We've been married 21 and a half years. Uh, I have two grown girls, Alexis and Michaela. And Michaela is here today from Colorado Springs. Um, have two grandchildren, Creed, Michael, Sean, Deani, Sue, Sean. Diani, I see Creed is about 27 months, and Diani's nine and a half days. My name is Paul Farrell. Um, I'm, a, I'm a corporate pilot, a flyer planes for a living. Um, my wife, Megan, I got three boys, Joseph right next to her, and that's Polly Jr. over there, killing it on the sound. And um, yeah, um, that's me. Awesome. You guys know me, maybe. I'm Chris Clark. I'm the worship pastor here, and uh, I have a beautiful wife, Emery. Um, and then I've got four kids, three boys and one little girl who's almost three. So uh, we've been here, uh, started this church plan about eight years ago, and we haven't looked back since. There you go. Good stuff. Um, just so I don't get myself in trouble, too. I am married to my wife, Nan, have four kids as well. Uh, just for those of you who don't know, two that just finished up the freshman year of college, another that will be a junior, and then uh, those are all three boys, and then my little gal, Kate, is going to be in seventh grade. So, uh, 
Chris, tell us just practically what you guys have been doing on Wednesday mornings in terms of opening up the Word and how, how that works itself out. Wednesday mornings, dudes. So um, we started this probably about three years ago, and it was really kind of birthed out of healthy frustration, if you will. Um, this guy right here would tell me pretty regularly, when are we going to unlock the door to the office early in the morning with donuts and coffee and just start reading the word with some other guys? I'm like, I know, man, I know. And he's like, just give me the keys. I'll do it. And so uh, we got started about three years ago, and this group has been very, very sweet. We've had a group of guys, anywhere from about eight to probably 12 guys show up on a Wednesday morning. There's probably around 20 guys who are connected to it. Um, and we just meet every Wednesday morning. We open up the Word of God. We started in Psalms a couple years ago, and we just read through the Psalms. And then this last year, we've been working our way through the Proverbs. And so we read a chapter, and then we give it just a few minutes to to be silent and reflect, and then we start talking. And the conversation is rich and deep, and sometimes it's silly, <laughs> and sometimes it's really meaningful. And, uh, and so we just, we let the word of God and the wisdom words of God kind of shape our conversation. And through that, we've developed some really great friendships and support. So, yeah. Cool. Well, John, tell us what's one big thing you've learned through the book of Proverbs. Uh, there's practical wisdom every time we meet, every time we open up the word. Um, I, I learn a lot just hearing what other people, you know, glean from uh, from the scripture, there may be a, a verse that I yeah, doesn't speak to me at all, and then Mike says something, and I'm like, "Wow, I wouldn't have thought of that." So, very practical. That's good, Mike. What about you? Well, a couple of weeks ago, you gave everybody a challenge. You remember the challenge? You okay. said, um, "And here's what it was for me. It was 40 years ago. A Sunday school teacher." mentioned uh, to start reading a proverb a day. And that was the challenge that, was, that you gave a couple of weeks ago. Well, I started doing that 40 years ago. And so I started doing that for a couple of years. And in the process, I started memorizing several of the proverbs. So out of about 3,000 proverbs, 20... And so let's say the oldest proverb was probably written back... Uh, probably maybe Proverbs 25 is what's recorded, 2,700 years ago. It is still applicable. It is timeless, God's word, for our lives today. On the little side note, uh, the Sunday school teacher also mentioned that you could start reading five psalms a day. And so out of 150 psalms, you would have, uh, in 30 days, you'd have them read. I take Psalms 119, since there's 176 verses, I take that one, and I just read it separately that one day. Chris, what's one thing that jumped out of you on? uh, on I have to comment about Mike. You've already picked up on it just in the couple sentences that he shared, but um, he's such a sweet presence in our group because he'll just, like, hang back, and he won't say anything for, like, most of the group, and then out comes the wisdom. And it's all from memory, and it's all from his heart, and it's all from 40 years of living it out. And so he's, he's a great blessing to us young, younger cats, if you will. Um, what was your question? What's one thing, what's, that, stood what's one thing that stood out to you about Proverbs? That may be it. It yeah. may be the, the well, wisdom that, of Well, that stood out, but also time. I think what you read earlier, for me this last year in, in Proverbs has really been about treasure. Um, it's been about 
if it truly is treasure, if these are the words of life, if this is the wellspring um, that we are supposed to get life from and we're supposed to treasure it, I, I just have realized I don't do that a lot. And Wednesday mornings have been a chance for me to treasure it, but then it's contagious. It goes out from there, and I want to do it every day. I want to get better at memorizing Scripture. And so we, we've been you know, writing down Proverbs on cards and just trying to figure out how to store it up in our hearts. So treasuring it has, has really stood out to me. Paul, what's one of your favorite Proverbs? You know, you were able to brief me um, a little bit, so I had time to think about this. And it's tough because they're all really good, and they're all rich. Um, so I narrowed it down. I got one favorite proverb, and I have one favorite chapter in Proverbs. And I'm going to share both, if you don't mind. My uh, favorite proverb is going to be Proverbs 4, 8. Um, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. And I think what that means for me is it, it, it kind of reminds me of a sunrise that like not only never sets, but continues to become more and more glorious with no end. And it's a lot like us. You know, and um, it just only gets better and better. And it's amazing the power in this scripture. There's power in it, you know, and it, and it does change a heart, you know. And I, so, yeah, I just like that. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter into the perfect day. And it's interesting because the definition of just, I wrote it down, based on or behaving according to what is morally right and fair. And justice is um, just behavior or treatment. And that's what all these Proverbs are about. They're precepts, you know, and they're powerful. and to answer your question. Good stuff. Uh, let's just go down the line. John, you want to start? Uh, give us, what's, what's one of your favorite Proverbs? I know it's hard to pick one. Uh, mine, are, it's like a couple. It goes back to back. So Proverbs 26, I think it's four and five. It says, um, do not answer a fool in his folly, lest you become like him. And the next verse is, do answer a fool in his folly, lest he become wise in his own eyes. And it just, <laughs> I've used that a lot recently because the Word of God just teaches you this wisdom, and then based on the variables in life, you have to d- determine what should I do? What sh- should I answer this person? Should I not answer this person? And um, I think it just kind of encapsulates all of Proverbs and its wisdom. I think that's important because there are so many nuances to the complexity of life, and I love the wisdom of God's Word and the way that it, you know, like the answer is yes. Do you answer a, fo- a fool in his folly? Well, yes. But you have to know when to do that and when not to. And so it still is walking with the Lord in the midst of the kind of fullness of his wisdom and learning how to do that. And that takes a lot of time. Mike? Um, well, like John and... How many do you have memorized, Mike? Proverbs. Okay. Well, you know, Chris... <laughs> I'm just going to ask the question. Chris asked a question a long time ago. Mike, how many verses have you memorized? Not enough. I want to know the whole word. I mean, that's where I'm at. Um, I began with Proverbs 1-7. I mean, because that's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The beginning of knowledge, I'm sorry. And then you go to Proverbs 9-10, and you get into fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then, as God starts giving you wisdom, you start seeing Proverbs 2, 4, and 5. And so, and then you go into Proverbs 2.10, and that he opens up your heart but so, that, so that knowledge becomes pleasant to your soul. For me right now, Proverbs 11.30. I mean, some of you know about nine months ago, God just woke me up. I mean, and he put me in Psalms 23. 
So, um, and if you know of Psalms 23, the blessed passage where, I mean, he sat there, he put me in this field, this luscious green field that I'm finding nourishment for my soul every day. And so and now um, I'm able, um, in that process of restor- restoring me, I have the desire. Okay, so, the, so my verse, Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. I know a little bit about trees. And he who is wise wins souls. So we're talking about wisdom. And I desire for every person here, I desire for, for every person in Edmond, in Oklahoma City, to start knowing where they can find wisdom, where they can start finding nourishment in their soul and find that oasis, because that's what God wants each one of us to have. That's good. It's true. Good stuff. Chris? Yeah. Well, one I've been stewing on, it's always impossible to pick a favorite, but um, I have been stewing on chapter 4, verse 23, for quite some time now. And it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And this is connected to Jesus's words, right? Um, Which is beautiful. And Jesus consistently says, there's a wellspring of life that you can tap into that's not just water. It's not just food. It's it's something that's internal. And so uh, this has been a prayer and a fight of mine, really, to keep my heart with all vigilance. What does that mean? And if you look at the verses before and after, it means being laser focused on the words of God. It means spending time in these words and allowing them to nourish my soul. And then it also means actually living it out, putting away crooked speech, keeping my feet straight, staying on the path, not swerving to the right or to the left. And so there's this like responsibility to live it, but there's also this incredible promise that Jesus is the wellspring that we can tap into. And, and if we keep our, uh, Paul says this all the time, garbage in, garbage out. You know, we tell our boys this all the time. We're like, hey, boys, garbage in, garbage out. Do you know what that means? You take in garbage and it swims around in your heart and garbage comes out. And it's just true. And so keeping your heart with vigilance is about keeping, protecting what comes into that space and, and being vigilant about that. So, And good stuff. Um, I love listening to these guys and hear their hearts and just what how God has used you know, their experiences in landscaping and, and out there, and then all of a sudden that comes to life as they see the scriptures referring to, to something along those lines and how God uses those things to help us navigate those. Uh, if I had to pick one of my favorites, it's where, uh, where no oxen are, the barn is clean, but much produce comes from the strength of the ox. And just, I love how Proverbs is so practical about just the messiness of life. And the reality that, you know, you can get rid of all the ox and you have to clean up the barn. There's no mess, nothing to step in. But you're also, it's going to be a lot harder to get anything accomplished. And if we're going to engage in in ministry, if we're going to engage as the church, if we're going to engage in relationships, if we're going to pour ourselves into the mess of uh, of family, the mess of work, the mess of so many things, um, it it is going to get messy at times. And you are going to step in it at times. But through that, God uses that to produce something really good and we get more done when we're working together even in the midst of the mess and so i love that one uh, personally uh, i want to talk about your group 
And uh, we kind of got two questions dealing with how we learn in community and specific, then specifically how men uh, learn. And so I want to start there and uh, just wh- how a study of the Bible with other believers changed you and maybe start with John and then we'll kind of go down the line from there. Sure. I, I, you know, I just, I leave every Wednesday highly motivated. Um, I get so much from these guys and, and the other guys that meet there that I just, I really want to just like go home and, <laughs> and tell everybody about it really, honestly. Uh, and so I think it's kind of made me a better father. I think I've noticed I've been more patient, um, with my kids, um, because just knowing that I'm not the only one struggling with my kids, like kind of helps me to be encouraged to do a better job. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah. Paul, you want to go? Sure. Oh, you say the question one more time. Sorry. Uh, how has studying the Bible with other believers helped shape you and encourage you? Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think if I could preface with a word, it's, it's identity. And I feel like committing myself to studying these Proverbs with, uh, with other men um, there, there's, there's some accountability to it. There's some discipline. Um, I, I feel it's changed me. It's changed the desires of my heart. And I just feel, I've been consistently going through Proverbs for probably about the last 10 or 11 years or so, um, which has been incredibly fruitful, you know? And I feel like it's the, Proverbs, in my eyes, they're like the, they're like the DNA of, of God, you know? It's, 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 it's the face, it's the character of Christ, I feel like. And so me getting into them initially, you know, I'm in sort of an empty well, if you will, you know, and um, what was in me wasn't even that good, you know, and it's still not. However, going through this, you know, like every Wednesday, it's, it's changed me by my, my heart, my desires have changed, you know, and like, it's not like hyper spiritual babble. It's, it's, it's for real. It changes the heart. And these, these precepts are, they're huge. Um, It inspires. So I, I don't think and it was even, it's, it's better going through with, with a group of guys, you know, because we do bring a personal aspect to it, and we talk about the things that are going on at home, and it's healthy, you know? And, um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's definitely changed me. Yeah. Chris, you want to go? Uh, one of my favorite things that happens in the context of a, a group of guys talking about the Proverbs is um, we, we all read from different translations and that's a little bit messy because <laughs> we're all trying to like keep up with, with each other. And then Paul brings his big old concordance and, and leaves that on the table. And so we hear all the, we hear people read it from different translations and I think we're all making notes. And then all of a sudden guy, each guy starts to pipe up. I'm not sure what it means by this word. I'm not sure what, why, why this proverb right in the middle and we begin to to tease it out, and we say, "What does your translation say?" Oh man, that's an interesting word. It uses a different word there. And then Paul's digging in his concordance, and we're and we're just fleshing it out as guys. We're we're and in a sense, we're saying we don't have the answers. We don't understand this, but we want to gain understanding. And doing that in the in the circle of some other men, and then like John said, be, just being honest, like. It, it doesn't take but two seconds for a guy to go, I was blowing it this week with my marriage or with my, uh, with my kids. I totally went off the rails. And according to this, that's not how I'm supposed to be. So we just start talking really frankly about that. And it, it does shape us. Talk to me about the importance. Uh, you guys don't know this question. I'm just throwing this out off the cuff. So talk to me about the importance of grace in the midst of that. Because all of us go off the rails at times. Um, each of us has gone our own way. Um, 
And yet there's grace that's there. How does that work itself out in the context of relationships and friendships that encourage one another to pursue truth, and yet knowing that none of us measure up and none of us live up to standard scripture? God is so patient and faithful to me to let me live 40 years kind of thinking I'm okay, just going through the motions, and then one day, just sweetly using Scripture in the evenings when I'd go to sleep, just to sit there and to wake me up and restore my soul. So, you know, the verse that comes to my mind is Romans 1, a couple verses, Romans 1, verse 11 and 12. Who wrote half of the New Testament? Paul did. And Paul is sitting there and saying to other believers that he wishes to impart um, to them a spiritual gift. But he's also receiving a spiritual gift because each other's faith is establishing each other. And so, man, I am, I am, I'm learning humility in our group. I'm learning purity among one another as far as uh, that I'm accountable to God. I'm accountable to each other. But I'm learning humility. I am no better off. I'm no better off than the person that cuts me off in traffic. I mean, I sit there, that person... Man, I, I see a person, I'm mowing a lot, and I see a person walking around the lot, and I'm just praying for him. And, you know, I'm lifting him up, saying, boy, Lord, if you give me an opportunity, may I share with this person? Because I, 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 I've been where you're at. We all need Jesus. And so, yeah, I mean. Mike, I, I'm going to interrupt you because I asked, uh, Jeff asked about grace in the group, and you're spot on with things that you're saying. And the reason I said you need to talk first is because Mike is the guy who will listen to us all pontificate, and we'll go around the horn, and we'll say our two cents. And somehow every week, Mike just like gently reminds us of Scripture and all the places. And he'll, he'll say to one of our brothers or one of the guys who are just struggling, hey, this makes me think of this verse, and, th- and God loves you. And he's just the first one to, like, remind us of the truth when it starts to kind of spin out. And that's one of the things I love about uh, I love about the group and about Mike. He's walking out this humility, but he is, he's, this, he's this humble presence that will always remind us of the grace and the truth of God when we're, when we're struggling, right? One thing I haven't said to anybody, but... Chris, I know you could test to this, is that in the Wednesday morning, and I'll also mention the Saturday morning small study that we have, and even the small groups, but especially Wednesday mornings, boy, the Spirit of God is in there. And there are times where we don't even know what to say. And I mean, you sense the presence of God's Spirit on your, in your life to share. It's just, they're wow moments. So I would encourage anybody, and you'll say, well, 6 o'clock is early, and for some, it's late because you're already on your way to work. If I knew today what I had, uh, if, if I knew then what I know today, two years ago, I would have came to the Psalms probably, the study. So. It's good just to see this. And here's the thing I want you guys to know. 
And this isn't just for men. This is for everyone. Um, humility and grace go together. And it's so easy for us to walk into our days, and, and we put a smile on, we dress up all nice, we walk into the room, we, we act as though we have it all together, but I've yet to meet a person that when you crack on the inside, that there's not stuff swimming around in here that needs God to redirect it. And we need, we learn how best to do that in the midst of community, in the midst of being together. So uh, that kind of brings us to the fourth question that I wanted to ask you all, which I know I stuck an extra question in there, but why, particularly though, I think for men, why do men need to walk together in spiritual friendships according to the Word of God, and what does that look like? And um, Mike, you want to, I don't know if you want to start with that, or if you want to yeah, you Paul, let yeah, Paul jump yeah. in on that one? How do we need each other, man? Love, you know, the truth is, I, it's been my experiences, you know, abroad and around. I, I don't think men, men, the men don't know how to love well, you know, and um, I think a mark a little bit, you know, like we joke a bit because I think on the streets, I probably wouldn't hang out with Mark, <laughs> but I've learned to love Mark. Yeah. Over the last you know year and a half of hanging with him, you know, and, and, and appreciate him, and that's that gives me goosebumps. You know, that's how God works, man, and that's what we're supposed. That's what we need to be doing. Um, what else was the question? Did I answer it? Sorry, was that it? We'll go. We'll come back to you if you want. To. Okay. If you if you think of something else, what 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 does it look like for men to walk in community? Why is that important for us and in, in our world and in, in you guys' lives? Yeah, I mean, the you know, the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. But it is good for us to carry each other's burdens. And um, so we just want to encourage each other today, as long as it's called today. And um, I, I, I think when we get together, we, we encourage one another, and we have a little bit of synergy where we accomplish more than we can do just studying alone. I'd say this, too. Men are knuckleheads. And it just... I'm just being real. Like it, sometimes it takes us like getting punched in the arm or like somebody has to say something in a way that, that will like, like jerk us awake. Right. And we just went through, I think it was Proverbs 27 was iron sharpens iron. Right. And so this is like a a scripture that a lot of people go, Oh, it's kind of nice. You know, like men sharpen men, like iron sharpens iron. Well, if you know anything about sharpening iron, it's heavy blows. It's a hammer and heat and hard hitting to get that iron sharp. And I think sometimes it takes that as men. We just got to like punch each other in the arm a bit. We got to say, hey, man, that's off. You know, like what do you, what's really going on in there? And we see that happen in that men's group. And it's uh, like Paul said, we don't, we don't know how to love each other. And, and there's something in that, that that does open up that channel to be able to love one another. And say, man, yeah, we don't all have it together. But if we hit on each other enough, if we if we can kind of pound on each other enough and use the word of God to, to show us wisdom, it'll sharpen us and it'll change us. And if I could just add on to what Chris is saying, I mean, it's easier. It's easy to come to church on Sundays, you know, and then leave and start your work week in, into the same routine. But, like, bringing it to Wednesday mornings, especially early in the morning like that, it does it gives us a chance to keep it real and like bring the world to the church and the church to the world. And we bring our problems and our, and our stuff and we talk and, um, and friendships grow and love takes place and things happen. I've seen that it's not God's design for there to be lone rangers. So we need one another. God knew that 
Adam needed Eve. Men need each other. And so, um, who did David have? He had Jonathan. And he needed Jonathan. So, yeah, I mean, all we're about is one beggar helping another beggar where to find bread. So, and I, I mean, if you found bread, if you found this oasis, if you found where this richest, greenest pasture is, tell somebody else. Man, let's dine together because that's what prob- uh, or, uh, John 14, 21 is. We're, or, we are t- together to be dining with Christ, and that's what we can do together. Man, good stuff. Um, well, let's talk about just what encouragement do you give to someone who maybe feels intimidated by all of this, and they're like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I fit in with that. I don't know really what I would do with the, with the book of Proverbs or with the scriptures. And... Um, well, how would you encourage someone who maybe would be intimidated by thinking by, by attacking this in this kind of way? Paul, I'm going to make you talk again. I think you should share a little bit about what you do, not, not just in men's group, but like in the mornings, like your morning routine. I think about you and like the sunrise and a, and a cup of coffee. And, and I know this is like the quintessential quiet time kind of thing, but just talk about that a little bit and what that means to you. Well, sure. I, I, I... To get into it, I mean, I, I need to admit, like, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hot mess, man. So, you know, it's the truth of it. And I've found solace and comfort. There's something beautiful about the mornings. And it's actually littered all through Scripture about the mornings. It's powerful. And um, I, I haven't slept well. I, I don't sleep well for a lot of years. And so I, rather than try to fight it and be frustrated about it, I've just turned to going outside and breathing and praying and reading Scripture. And, uh, yeah, it... it, it it helps me. It, it's, it's my jam, you know, and, um, and I need it. And what's interesting is going without it, um, I can feel the difference, you know. Um, and, and then I find that taking it through my day, uh, it helps me with others because I, I get angry, man, you know. I'm, I'm, you know my, I'm not a great guy, you know. But uh, earlier I mentioned identity, and that's another thing I've learned through these Proverbs is, is I feel like we're learning about the identity of our Christ through the Proverbs, you know, more so than just the red letters, man, of, of, of the Gospels. But, like, we're, we're learning the identity of Christ. But more importantly, what I'm learning is my identity in him, you know? And, and these Proverbs, it's just, like, it's concentrated, concentrated orange juice for 99 cents, those cans. It's just concentrated, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and there's power in it, so. I, I would say show up. Um, I had a pastor tell me this many, many years ago, uh, probably about 20 years ago. I was like 20, maybe 22. um, And I I had asked him to come to my house. I'm like, I just cannot break through. I cannot do what you say to do. I can't pray. I can't read. I can't, like, there's no consistency. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. And he just said, sometimes you just got to grab a friend and do it with a friend. And you just got to do it together. Because we're not meant to do it all alone. And I remember that really changing things for me. And from that point on, I don't think I can point to a season of life where I didn't have at least two or three guys in my life that I could reach out to, read some scripture with, pray with. Um, and honestly, it, like that sounds hyper-spiritual. It's not. It's like quick text message. It's like, hey, how you doing, man? Are you keeping your eyes fixed on Christ today? Man, no, I'm struggling. I need help today. Will you pray for me? That kind of stuff, you know? It's just just showing up. 
just realizing you're not going to do it on your own, and that's okay. Show up. Show up. Take a step. See what God would do in that, you know? I just, you know, if you, there's some kids that come to a pool and they just, you know, they just jump straight into the deep end and they're excited. And, you know, uh, some of us may be like that. And uh, that's what we do. But if you're nervous and, and you know, you, you dip your toe in, right? And then you get, a, you, then you get your foot in, then you get in the shallow end. Um, and that's what I'm saying about, uh, you know, joining a, um, a group or men's group coming on Wednesday. You just, if you're that kind of tentative person, you could just dip your toe in. That's okay. And you, then once you find out that it's a safe place and it's, it's okay, then you get a little bit more into it and you sink in. That's so. For the record, we have a handful of guys that pretty much don't ever say a word while we're meeting, except for at the end, they'll just be like, that, that was really good. Yeah, Ken, we tease Ken. We say, Ken, Ken has this nugget of wisdom at the end of every men's proverb group. He doesn't say a word the entire time, and then he stands up and he says, guys, I got to go. And then he'll, like, deliver his one sentence that's just like, oh, that was amazing. And some guys, they, they, don't, they don't share it all, but, but they do say when they leave, man, I couldn't do life without this. And, and so it, it, it runs, the, runs the gamut of personalities, you know. Yes, if I can use Ken. Uh, Ken said this week, he said, the one thing I regret is that this last hour wasn't recorded. Um, it was amazing. And I mean, it's just like I said, the spirit just working. Um, I remember the first time that I rode a bike. And my dad had training wheels on it. He had put training wheels on it. and Everything was going great. A couple weeks later, he decided to take the training wheels off. Well, so I was pretty nervous about it. But he would hold the back of the bike level. Now, I still would crash, but he was there to pick me up. And I remember the first time water skiing. And um, no, I remember when I was about four or five, my dad would get me used to the water, the splash of the water, the temperature. He would... He would hold me and put my feet up on the skis so that when I started trying to water ski at age six, I was used to the water, and I didn't fear it. So you could use the other examples the first time you got off the bus. Or, or Paul could use an example, you know, that he had, that he didn't go and say, I, I want to fly. And them just sit there and say, well, here's your license. But they gave, there was a, you had a, a pilot instructor that sat there and helped him. This is the church. This is the body of Christ. This is what we do. This is why we help one another. Because we're no better than you. We're, in this, we're just all in the same boat together. And one is sitting there helping another person. And that's life. And that's what we're about. And so um, I'll say this with home and when it becomes a reality. I believe that we're going to have, there are going to be men and women that God raises up to sit there and help the weary find nourishment. And they're going to desire that. That's what I believe. Um, Are we wrapping up? Let's put a bow on it. Okay. Last thoughts. Okay. Here's the bow. So good. Here's the bow. I have the privilege of having 
both of my daughters here today. Um, one from Colorado Springs. You don't have to stay in Michaela. But anyway, um, so, and I have both of my grandchildren here today. Young people, if you want to give the best gift today to your father, you haven't figured out what can I possibly give him that be a wise child. What's that? Mike, you'll know this verse. What's, what's that verse? Like the, the best thing you can do for wisdom is to just get wisdom. Like get wisdom. Just get wisdom. You know, I think it's like three or four. Yeah, it's three or four. That reminds me of what you're saying of it. Uh, and don't you love just sitting and being a fly on the wall listening in on these guys' conversation? Uh, thank you guys so much for sharing. I really appreciate your heart and your willingness just to kind of put it all out here for us. Can we say thank you to these men?